0: Welcome to Mormon Book Reviews, where an evangelical encounters the Restoration. I'm very excited to have this guest on today. His name is David Reed, and he wrote the book Face of a Nephite DNA Studies and the Book of Mormon. And part of the reason he wanted to come on the show today was he. um, uh, I had both Simon Southerton and Thomas Murphy come on my program and they actually wrote a paper, which I'll leave a link to, where they discuss, uh, par, par, discuss par, part of the paper discusses this, this article that you wrote, this uh, book, uh, book letter paper, if you want to call it, um, about your finding in, in your hypothesis is that uh, the Kenwick man that was discovered in the, in the 90s uh, in the Pacific, Pacific Northwest, um, you believe uh, may be very well date to the time of the Nephites and think that this is a Nephite. And that's a very interesting and uh, very controversial position to take, obviously. And I find it to be an interesting thing. Before we get to that, though, I kind of want to just have you kind of introduce yourself, give a little bit of your background, and maybe what caused you to to maybe decide to write this paper.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, So I am a patent attorney, uh, a lawyer. Um, In terms of uh, background before that, I have a bachelor's in chemistry. The way I got interested in that, in this is um, through the work Rod Mildrum had done. Uh, so back in that 2008 to 2010 timeframe, uh, when he was talking about uh, DNA in the Book of Mormon and the mitochondrial haplogroup X, that may be from the Middle East, it was something that I became aware of. My mother was actually who uh, pointed uh, me to it. And when I started to look at that, I was interested in figuring out for myself, what does the evidence really show. And so I started to do research on my own on the DNA evidence. And as I researched it, getting into the sort of 2014 to 2015 timeframe, I started to find uh, additional DNA evidence as well, particularly on the uh, patrilineal side, the the Y chromosome DNA, which I felt uh, corroborated the mitochondrial haplogroup X DNA and was pointing towards a as secondary additional uh, non-Asian ancestry for Native Americans. So I started to research that, and then I ended up doing a couple of presentations with the Book of Mormon Evidence, that firm foundation conference in that sort of 2015 timeframe that was right after the church had come out with its um, DNA studies in the Book of Mormon article, and then that triggered uh, further research. I never intended to write anything The only reason I, and I haven't written anything before. The only reason I wrote this was because nobody else was uh, writing or presenting it. I felt it was information that would be useful. And in that research, obviously, I came across Kennewick Man. I started to realize that there were, that the uh, understanding for Kennewick Man is that he was 9,000 years old. But when I did the research, I realized, it came across that there had been carbon date testing for him some of it fit the book of mormon time frame started to look into that more and um anyway that's how the book ended up coming about this i I wrote it because i felt it was information that needed to get out there and nobody else was really doing it
0: yeah and it's really interesting because i remember in the 90s when this discovery was made and a lot of people had made a big to-do about this possibly even having this individual having uh, caucasoid features and that it would not be related to any current uh, groups that uh, you know were Native Americans. This was like a separate thing, and it got it caught, a lot, caught a lot of headlines, a lot of interest from people about perhaps there was another you know group of people that were unrelated to some of the Native Americans. Um, when you first heard about the Kenwick man story, uh, did did you ever like did you think at the time that those dates were accurate, or did you even think at the time that perhaps that 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 perhaps that could have possibly been a Nephite even then? Oh no, it wasn't something that occurred to me. So I I had uh,
1: assumed that uh, Kennewick Man was I knew just about the same that you did that uh, ancient Native American. I had seen you know the uh, recreation of him you know based off a of skeleton kind of looks like John Luke Picard, the you know mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart the actor right and so uh, I had I didn't really have any interest in in Kennewick Man until like I said in sort of that 2014 okay ish time frame when i found out that he tested his uh, mitochondrial dna haplogroup x which is that okay um, middle eastern origin dna type and then that's what then triggered okay. my looking into him and i had no idea about the carbon dates until i uh, researched into it and then i found out that there had been additional carbon date testing that had been tossed out that actually fit the book more time frame
0: so there were three things you brought up to me that you felt were misrepresent you were your work was being misrepresented in in my conversation as well as in the paper itself uh, co-authored uh, by my two guests Simon Southerton and Thomas Murphy um let's start let's st- actually start with the carbon dating uh wh- what why do you feel they misrepresented your work and and maybe you can come on and and defend your, your, the, what you're trying to say that you think that, yeah, no, actually I do have some citations here that I can offer that can date it to a Book of Mormon time period.
1: Yeah. So I, this is primarily what Simon Southerton had uh, said. And he said this in the, when he went on uh, with John DeLynn as well as on your show, what he said was that the carbon dates that I relied on were not even for Kennewick man, that they were uh, carbon dating of sediments around uh Kennewick man that I was confused or uh, mischaracterizing and saying that they were more Kennewick man. And that's not true. Uh, he he points to a letter that Dr. Jim Chatters sent to me where Jim Chatters says that essentially says that. And then he uh, Simon Sutherton says, you know, I misrepresented because in the book, I don't talk about that. Well, that's actually not true either. So what happened was Simon Sutherton had seen a pre-publication, a copy of the paper, which my publisher had sent out to uh, various people for comment and feedback. And uh, in that process, I had also sent a copy of it to uh, Jim Chatters. He's a relatively famous scientist. He's the one that um, was the first examination of the Kennewick Man Bones. I showed him, I gave him a copy of the paper, asked for his feedback. He gave me feedback in the emails and Simon Sutherton points to those emails in his presentation with John Dolan and with you. <clears throat> but in those, he, he points to those emails where Jim Chatter said that the carbon dating was for the sediments around Kennewick man and not for Kennewick man himself. So, but what uh, Simon doesn't say is that I've addressed that already in the book and explained that uh, Dr. Chatters, well, you know, a well-known scientist, he was actually wrong on that. So Dr. Chatters, even though he worked with the bones, he did not do the carbon date testing. That was done by a man named Stafford and others. And in the paper by Stafford and others, they very clearly state that, they they state all of the carbon date testing and the results, and they very, very clearly show the carbon date test that I rely on as being, um, for Kennewick man, so so this uh, Kennewick man is, uh, and Simon Sutherton has referred to it, it's a compilation of scientific articles and studies on Kennewick man. And uh, specifically, it's on pages uh, 68 and 69 of the book, table 3.5, that if uh, anybody looks at, it very clearly states that the carbon date testing On the carbonates was extracted by crushing bone so it's from Kennewick man's bone it's extracting carbonate from material from the bone and that's clearly also been described in the tables with the dates and described as the carbon dates for Kennewick so um Dr Chatters was was simply incorrect I mean he he was not the one that did the carbon dates he misunderstood I address that in the book, already. So that's that's the first thing, and that's okay. the most important thing is that, and anybody can go and check the citations themselves. There were twenty carbon date results that came back for Kennewick Man. Five of them fit the Book of Mormon timeframe.
0: Okay, so that's what you're saying is that there are, the there was uh, carbon dates that were extracted from the bones, not from the surface area or surrounding. That date to Book of Mormon times, that's what you're saying in your paper, and that's what you wanted to clarify, that there is there there are some dates that do score, correspond. That's basically... Yes. Now,
1: I, I should clarify that some of the carbon dates uh, that came in the Book of Mormon time from, from the bone, they did. So there were five dates. There there were some that were from the bone material, and there's some that were sediments that were attached to the bone okay. material, but were felt to represent the date for Kennewick man. All five were for testing the date for Kennewick man.
0: Okay. Okay. So here's. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
1: All right. And then oh. in my book, and then in my book, I I go into, okay, so you have these two groups of dates that came out: the nine thousand years old date versus the, you know, sort of that twenty two hundred to twenty six hundred years ago dates, which is correct. And then I talk about the burial circumstances, how the location where he was buried and the sediments around him uh, showed significant artificial aging. And uh, point, so if that's the case, it points to the earlier dates as being the more reliable. So that's the argument I make.
0: Okay. Well, now I'm not an expert at all about carbon-14 dating and bones or anything like that. So I, I, my main thing is just to let you come on here and and you felt like your work was being misrepresented. So you wanted to clear the air to let them know that, no, I do have some citations here. I do have some evidence that I bring to the table that was not maybe addressed or was ignored, or whatever, You're misrepresented. That's how you feel, and so I wanted you to be able to clear the air and give you this platform so that you could give your position. Um, was there anything else about the carbon dating uh, that you wanted to to address? Yeah, that I actually, I think it's, um, I think just about any
1: intelligent individual that's willing to research and look at it, if they read that that part of the of my book, I think that they'll understand it. I don't think it's beyond the ability to understand. The principles are there pretty clearly. Uh, I cite to um, the peer-reviewed articles and where I differ from them, I make clear where I'm differing and why. I think it's pretty accessible and I think that it's a legitimate argument. So, um, and I I expressly acknowledge that it's uh, something where a person could go either way in terms of what the evidence shows on it but i feel like the weight of the evidence actually supports the the dates consistent with the book of mormon.
0: Okay. Well that's I'm glad you're able to to uh talk about that because you felt that was important. Now, i want to move on to another area that you wanted to address and actually it's interesting i first engaged you when you were giving a presentation last year to the book of mormon perspectives forum. That's the first time we got to know each other and uh and 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 I remember as watching your presentation and I specifically asked you the question, I don't know if you remember it, but I, I specifically say, asked you, okay, is this model that you're describing, does this assume a young earth creationism as being part of your, because as I was hearing the presentation, I was hearing what I thought would have been young earth creationist arguments, okay? That's what I was hearing. So I wanted you to clear the air on that, that you actually say, no, it does not require nor does it assume a young earth creation. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. And I, I think that your assumption um, would, would be fairly typical. And, and that's because, as you know, with the Heartland um, DNA work, the Rod Meldrum work, it um, brings in it a young earth creation you know, uh, model that they focus on a lot. OK, and that's actually part of the reason that I that I wrote the book is that I think that there are a lot of people that uh, reject and won't listen to the, the haplogroup X, that Book of Mormon DNA evidence, because they assume that it requires a young earth creation model and Rod fully adopts a young earth creation model. So what I I wanted to write something that, as I said, I went and I looked at what is the the um, the evidence really show. And and when I came away from that, what I felt that is that the peer reviewed scientific literature actually is consistent with the Book of Mormon as well. And so I put in this in this um, the face of the Nephite, it's not it doesn't assume one way or the other, whether a young earth creation or theory of evolution and what I put into I write to both audiences. And I say that uh, resolution and, and looking at the DNA evidence doesn't actually require uh, one way or the other. Now, a young earth a creationist, it'll be easier to accept the DNA evidence for the Book of Mormon. But I also make arguments for uh, those that don't accept a young earth creation model. And then part of that is explanations of that even if you accept the theory of evolution, you still uh, can't reliably rely on the molecular clock for the dating of when the haplogroup X and these other DNA types came into the Americas. And the reason being, I don't know if you remember from the book, but I I give a whole example with the rolling a die that there haven't been enough random mutations that have occurred so far to reliably say, okay, this is how long ago it happened.
0: Okay, so you're saying I can accept a view of biological evolution that the earth is quite old but also you're saying your your arguments can also uh, be made to them perhaps you're saying that because you're even writing to two audiences <laughs> that perhaps is that there's there's inferring then that you're coming from a young earth creationist position you're you're just trying to say that you believe that you think that based on the scientific evidence that you present in your paper and 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 that that you cite is that an argument can be made, whether you believe in even in the Book of Mormon or not, yeah, that the argument could be made that these uh, these remains of the Kenwick man date to a much uh, later period than what some of the other dates are. And you also say that there was things that happened in the soil that caused artificial aging. So you're saying that you're, you're not necessarily trying to make the Kenwick man fit within the pages of the Book of Mormon. You're just saying that based on the evidence that you're presenting in your paper, is that no? An argument can be made from using modern scientific tools and understanding that I can make the argument that this is actually a much uh, later uh, that this happened much much closer to our period of time than what a lot of the others think. Is that a fair assessment there of how you want your book to be read? Yeah.
1: Yes, that's correct. Okay, and and, okay. As, and as for me personally, I am a creationist in the sense that I believe that God created the yeah. world. So I, I do believe in the scriptures in terms of the timeline. I don't know what the timeline was. But for the books, the, that purpose, it's really not about me. Um, you know, uh, so I'm a lawyer. When I was a young lawyer, I remember uh, working for a senior lawyer, and he wanted, uh, there was a case, and he wanted information on the law. I wrote him a memo on what the law said, and I said, this is what the law says, and it says what the law is. And his uh, statement to me was essentially that, know where are all the direct where the direct quotes i don't care what you say the law is i only want to i want to see the direct quotes right i want to see for myself because and i understand that because anytime you have someone step in and sort of filter or paraphrase um the information then you you then that brings in a filter that you have that brings in doubt so for me as from the book as you'll see it's a lot of direct quotes. It's a lot of the it's relying on the citations and the direct quotes. I'm kind of irrelevant in terms of I never asked the reader to sort of trust me or trust me on this is what it says. for all of it, I have it transparent and open. You can go and look at the site. you can go and look at the data yourself and you can go and you can make your own conclusion on it
0: okay, okay and
1: and I feel like I have done that so even with a, a whether it's a young earth creation model or Uh, you know, the full theory of evolution model, the citations are there, which I believe show that there is DNA evidence that is uh, consistent with the scientific literature and does support the Book of Mormon.
0: Okay, okay, and you're a believer in the Book of Mormon, you you believe it's literal history, so you're bringing that to the table, but that shouldn't necessarily disqualify you from writing this paper because you have personal beliefs. You're just trying to say, let's just, let me just present to you some other evidence that might be contradicts the 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 dominant narrative, but this evidence also needs to be taken to, into account. And that's what you're doing with this paper.
1: Exactly. And I actually, I try to take myself out of it. Like I said, I mean, my personal beliefs are actually irrelevant because it's not what I say. I'm never asking anybody to trust me. I'm okay. putting all of the citations there, all the direct quotes, you people, you can go and look at it yourself. You can look at the data yourself. If you'll do the work, you can see it for yourself.
0: So this is the other thing that you wanted to address. And of course, this is the very touchy subject, especially in today's world. Actually, it's been an ongoing problem for this country from the very beginning. And that is the idea of the racism that they talk about, that it's racist uh, to assume that this is not, uh, to to say that this is maybe a Caucasian, uh, that you're bringing to the table a lot of things uh, that are racist. and, And you wanted to clear the air on the whole racism issue as well. Perhaps you could address that today
1: yeah i have to say I don't really like uh the racism, racism discussion because it um it's so toxic and so divisive and fans of flames of division but what i so as you said they they kind of indicate or, or say that I'm racist, but I have to sort of take a step back because nobody cares who who I am or you know it's not about me right, right. um they're they're only saying that about me to say it about the book and uh, to the, I'm not racist. Uh, I believe that uh, just like it says in uh, the Book of Mormon, it's 2 Nephi uh, twenty six thirty three, all are alike unto God. So I, I believe that firmly. Uh, but but really, what the argument is is they're they're arguing that the Book of Mormon is traditionally interpreted as racist, and that's really what the the argument and, and critique is there. And and my response on that is that I don't feel like I'm somebody that. Is in a position to second guess uh, what God did, and my view of the Book of Mormon is the same as someone like you might might view the the Bible and the Old Testament, right? That um, the the Old Testament is full of uh, indications that God chose Israel as His covenant people, that uh, that uh, they were His favored people, that. Um, you know, he favored the nation of Israel. And I think it would be very easy to, in the same manner, say, hey, that's, you know, saying that is, is racist. But if you're a believer in the book, then it's just accepting what God chose to do and not to impose um, or second guess my view of it. And, and the Book of Mormon's the same way. The The people that came out of the Book of Mormon were Old Testament people. And, uh, and uh, they were God's covenant people. And so for me, it's not about race. It's about, I I don't care about the race. I only care about uh, the Book of Mormon and uh, whether it's true or not. And so uh, the Book of Mormon says that um, those people were of the house of Israel. And so what's happened is those that have attacked the Book of Mormon and said, well, wait a second, Native Americans... You know, they weren't Middle Eastern. Native Americans all came from Eastern Asia. It's all Eastern Asian ancestry. And uh, so the book has been to show that that's not entirely true, that there's a lot of e- Asian ancestry, but there's also indications of a Middle Eastern ancestry, a partial uh, Middle Eastern ancestry for Native Americans and the part non-Asian ancestry. And that's shown with the haplogroup X, but not just that, but on the Y-DNA side, the patrilineal DNA side too, with uh, and I go into that more in the book. That there's a significant number of uh, Native Americans who have uh, patrilineal DNA, which is non-Asian in ancestry too. So it's for me, it's not about race. It's just about disproving that attack on the Book of Mormon that all Native Americans have an Eastern Asian ancestry. They bring up the ancestry race, so it's just a response to that. That actually, it's not true.
0: OK, well, I, uh, I wanted to ask you too. one of the criticisms that they talked about in the uh, in my interview was that they they felt you misrepresented using this ah. particular model as an earlier version that you didn't show the final model of the uh, that they put. Uh, you want to talk yeah, about. Yeah.
1: That? I, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. So uh, in the book, I show all of the models. Right. OK. And uh, this. Yeah. So it's on page. 44 of the book I actually I do show all of the models and um the model that I show uh for the front I picked because I feel like that is the most objective and accurate so and uh, I'll just point out too so with um Thomas Murphy and Simon Southerton's article that they wrote uh if you read that that uh Journal of Northwest Anthropology article they wrote You'll, you'll note they admit in there that when you do one of these kinds of recreations, the most subjective, least objective part is the hair color, eye color, skin color. So in, in doing and in presenting him without hair color, eye color and skin color, what I was doing is taking out the subjective, least objective parts. So the two choices, once you take that out, is either this one or the one that looks like Jean-Luc Picard. And I I chose this one. This one is was done by the Smithsonian. Again, these are you know non-members. It's, the other potential one could have been the one that sort of looks like Jean-Luc Picard. Either one is okay. I actually asked permission from both places. I asked permission from the Smithsonian to use. Uh, this one, and I asked permission from Dr. Chatters to use the one that looks like Jean-Luc Picard. And I ended up, uh, I appreciate both of them. Dr. Chatters and the Smithsonian both uh, said that it was fine to use it for uh, the cover. And so then it was just a choice of those two. And of the two, I like this one better. But either either one comes out as white in in that sense, in that sense that the, the coloring was removed. So we don't know what his skin color is. Uh, actually was but we know that to put a skin color on there is subjective
0: okay well thank you for clarifying that i I find this to be an interesting conversation because you know i remember when all this was in the news and then i remember reading uh terrell gibbon's take on it when he talked about it uh by the hand of mormon which i thought was interesting and um I, i i one of the things you know you had you actually reached out to me after shortly after the interview was aired and you had said that you'd like to come on and to respond, and I was more than happy to have you come on and talk. and we and we also entertain the idea of possibly um setting something up where we could do a panel where Simon and Thomas could be on it and we could have a conversation about it. You said you would be open to doing something like that, so you just you just want to put that out there.
1: yeah, I, I am open uh, to doing something like that. i I personally feel like uh, if it's on if it's on sort of the science and um, and uh, clarifying, I, I'm happy for that kind of conversation, especially if it's a, if it's a open and fair, neutral, not confrontational. And I think it can be. I'm not, I'm not a confrontational person. Like I said, I I don't think take, take things personally. I understand that when they attack me, it's really about the Book of Mormon, not about me. They don't care about me. Um, I don't. I'm not that interested in the discussion on racism too much because I kind of feel like the topic of racism overdone. I think it's divisive, more, um, more harmful than helpful overall. And I'm not, I'm not an expert on racism and I'm not, um, to, I'm not that interested in a racism conversation, but if it's about the science, uh, I'd be happy to do that.
0: Okay. Well, uh, David, I want to thank you so much for coming on the program today. Do you feel like you're able to get you give you, you give give your position and be able to clearly delineate it and let the audience then be able to kind of look at maybe look into this, read your paper, read the other paper, and make up their own minds. Do you feel like you were fairly represented today? I do, and
1: I, I appreciate you letting me do that. I, I I'm hopefully you'll let me uh, put a link to the book if any uh, down yeah. below if anybody is interested in in doing that. And um, I do appreciate what you've done because I think it's a valuable um, thing to hear different voices and, uh, allow them to present themselves in a, in a good way. So I'm appreciative of what you've done there, Stephen.
0: Well, thank you, David. And I appreciate you for coming on and giving your, uh, position and, and everything like that and sharing with the audience. Like I said, you know, this is an important place this channel has been described as the Switzerland of Mormonism. <laughs> Uh, it is a safe space. It is a place where all 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 different views are are given a fair hearing. And uh, so, yeah, I think that's great. You were able to come on today. Oh, and make the time. Oh, I'm please. Sorry. Yeah. I please forgot.
1: There was one other. There was one other thing that I wanted to respond to. Please do. It was kind of with the carbon dating, but not quite. Okay. Uh, so in in Thomas Murphy and Simon Suderton's article, and it's also been said elsewhere. It points to a, a journal article by individuals named Raff and Bolnick, Raff, R-A-F-F, Bolnick, B-O-L-N-I-C-K, Raff and Bolnick. And it says that Raff and Bolnick have already addressed and, um, you know, rejected and shown that the, ha- the mitochondrial DNA haplogroup X evidence uh, doesn't tie to the Middle East. And I, I just wanted to say that that's also incorrect. Raff and Bolnick was a 2015 article. I addressed that in my, in my book. And two things that they relied on, one was the Kennewick Man dating, which, of course, we've already talked about. And then the other thing Raff and Bulnick um, relied on was they said that the haplogroup X DNA, which is found in Native Americans, is different than the mitochondrial X DNA that's found in the Middle East. But what they don't mention on that is that even though it's not exactly the same, the key question is... The Haplogroup X DNA in the Americas had to come from somewhere in the old world. Where did they come from? And the answer is that the closest and widest variety of the Haplogroup X is in the Middle East. And, and I have in my book that the peer reviewed literature, others have said that it's clear that the Haplogroup X did come from the Middle East. So anyway, I just wanted to do a, a address that some people say that Raf and Bolnick have already rejected this, but actually, Raf and Bolnick was before my book, and my book addresses that. So thanks. I wanted to, I forgot. I wanted to add that.
0: Oh, sure. Sure. And, and all about, but while we're at it too, is are there, have you, have you heard any positive feedback from non-members that I've have read your paper that maybe think there's some validity to your arguments? Okay. So that's a, that's a good
1: question. Um, I would say yes. Okay. I would, uh, some, I'm not sure whether they were members or not. Um, so when uh, when I was preparing the book, as you know, uh, a pre-publication version was sent out to uh, Simon Southerton and to um, Dr. Chatters. The both both non-members, uh, both don't agree with uh, the conclusions that I reached. But at that same time, I had I had it go out uh, both uh, my publisher and I sent it out to a number of other people as well for comments and feedback. And I took that back and put that uh, put that in. It was mostly from Um, uh, members uh, some people that Boyd Tuttle knew as well Jonathan Neville is another example of someone who read a part of it and gave some comments Um, and um, but I would say that there hasn't been a lot of interest outside of church members in reading it so that would be a good question for you I mean uh, in reading it what do you think I in my opinion I think it's pretty as I said I take myself out of it. I think the, the evidence is really there. I think people can go and look and, and address the evidence directly without being about me.
0: Well, that's the key thing. It's that you, you you just want to yeah. present the evidence and let the people decide. Present the facts. Perhaps uh, you know I I try to take an agnostic position whenever I can uh, on things. Right. Just and and uh, but I I do think it's a very it's just interesting to hear your perspective and where you're coming from, what you're bringing to the table. And I want to thank you so much for for doing that today. So you've been able to get everything out. That's the important thing. You're able to touch every base you needed to, which is great. Um, I want to thank you so much, David, for coming on the program today. All right. Thank you. So, folks, I just want to remind you that don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button and the uh, and the notification bell to be informed when the new episode comes out. There are going to be links in the descriptions for some of the stuff we talked about today, as well as there are links in, in there to financially support the channel, whether it's on PayPal whether it's on Patreon or whether it's the merch store MormonBookreviews.com. Um, so I just want to oh, and I also want to remind you, we are doing the ongoing book giveaway contest. So make sure you put your name in the subject heading uh for the book uh drawing. Um, there's a link in there. And uh go from there. So either way, I just remind remind my folks: the most important thing is all the voices of the restoration will be heard here on Mormon Book Reviews.